Hey y'all, I'm back. You're in the zone with Tamika Nicole, where we talk all things sports. I know it's been a minute. I did an update in April, was trying to do some upgrades to the podcast. Some major life events happened within months of each other, but hey, I'm here, I'm back, and I'm ready to get this thing started again and keep the ball rolling this time. I'm starting here on Anchor, but we'll move to YouTube in the next few weeks, but I didn't want to miss episodes and things that were going on in the sports world and news and things that we needed to discuss. I'd rather just get it started and I'll keep you posted when we move over to YouTube. But with all of that being said, let's jump right into it and get right into the zone. So let's talk about game one of this season. We had the LA Rams Super Bowl champs taking on the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. What I enjoyed about this game was how the Bills came out as if offseason didn't happen. As if it was just last week that they played the Rams in postseason and got sent home packing and hearts were just broken um, after that loss. And it was as if they could not move forward until they could prove to themselves and the Rams and the world that this is how it should have went, could have went, or how it will go if we make it into the postseason again, you know, with the Rams, to play the Rams. But the but the Bills did get their revenge, defeating the Rams 31-10. to 10. But the game did start – the game started sloppy for both teams. The Bills had an interception, then the Rams had an interception. They were just going back and forth. And I think the difference – in the game was the fact that the Buffalo Bills were able to get back to their game, whereas the Rams were not able to do that. And I'm actually very surprised, especially with Sean McVay, you know, being the coach. And, you know, I consider him to be one of the up-and-coming great coaches, possibly, along with, you know, for example, like Kyle Shanahan. But the fact that he couldn't get his team back on track or, you know, come up with some things or just some of the decisions that were made uh, that just caused them to lose this game. Matthew Stafford also didn't look like Super Bowl Matthew Stafford. You know, he looked like, to be honest, I just, in my mind, I saw him back with the Lions and, you know, back with that team, just the way he he played. Now, he did have a procedure on his elbow, and I'm not sure if that's something that could still be an issue or that would affect his, you know, that affected his accuracy. But I know that, you know, Matthew Stafford has an arm, and he can be accurate, but it's just not what we saw, you know, that night from him. But let's take a, you know, go and take a deeper look into the game. So Matthew Stafford, he completed 29 of his 41 throws, he threw for 240 yards. He had one touchdown pass to Cooper Cup, but also had three interceptions. And I think another issue that he had was his, you know, the O-line let him down. He didn't have the protection, you know, that he needed. So, again, kind of reminded me back to his Detroit Lion days. But he was sacked seven times. So, yeah, it wasn't, you know, the best night for Matthew Stafford. Now, probably one of his, you know, the moments that he did come through other than the touchdown pass was 
when he threw and was picked off and he had to be the one to tackle the receiver. Now, again, I don't know if that was really a smart idea considering you just had an elbow procedure done this offseason and, you know, you you are one of the quarterbacks that tends to get injured. But, you know, I know that's his job and that's what he has to do. Just one of those questions you have to ask, like, you know, you know, what's the best option? What's the best route to take here? But so, yeah, I think I think the other issue was they didn't sign Odell or somebody of a caliber that could help Cooper Cup out and help kind of spread and open up the field. Because if you double, triple, you know, Cooper Cup, then. You know, as great as he is, he's only going to be able to produce so much if we don't have somebody out there that's allowing him to have more time to be open and do his thing. So, but again, he did have the one touchdown pass. But let's take a look at um, the Bills and the night that they had. So Josh Allen, now maybe this is too early to say this and maybe it's a little bit bold, but I feel as if Josh Allen could be possibly the future Tom Brady 2.0. And I say 2.0 because... Josh Allen has the legs to run, which that wasn't Brady's thing. And he's just built stronger that he can just take the hits and really contend, you know, with the defense. For example, I'll give an example. <clears throat> so when he was running with the ball, Nick Scott tried to take him down and it didn't quite go the way Nick Scott thought it would go because Nick Scott ended up on the ground, whereas Josh Allen had the ball on one arm he had stiffed armed him and pushed him down with the other arm so that's what I mean about the physicality thing but let's look at the night he had he threw and completed 26 of his 31 passes he threw for 297 yards and had three touchdowns and um, one he actually ran it himself so that that was the other thing about him Um, He had the rushing touchdown, which Bobby Wagner was coming in to tackle him. And Josh Allen just was able to reach over him and break the plane with the ball and was able to get that touchdown. So, again, just that physicality, that grit that he has. Um, But he did have two interceptions. And, again, the difference between him and Matthew Stafford was the ability to, you know, get back on track. And again, like I said, Matthew Stafford was lacking that, you know, O-line protection that he really needs. Um, But started the game off with a quick touchdown. So when they started the game, it was a 70-yard a 70-yard drive, nine plays, and he was able to complete a touchdown pass to Gabe Davis. Now, Stephon Diggs also had a great night. He had eight receptions. Um, he had 122 yards and also had the he was all, he was one of the touchdown passes that the Bills had. But also we got to give credit to that defense because like I said the Rams were only able to score in that second quarter quarter. So shout out to Leslie Frazier, the defensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills for that, you know, lights out on the second half of the game. They didn't even, you know, they got the first half, the one quarter, second half Defense had a clean sheet. 
Uh, what I liked about Leslie Frazier was as I was watching him during the game, he was bent over with his hands on his knees. I don't think he had the knees was touching the elbows, but he had his hands on his knees looking, you know, that Pete Carroll hunch that he has. But, you know, he went chewing gum like Pete Carroll. But just the laser focus he had as he was looking, it literally looked like he was trying to squeeze beams out of laser beams out of his eyes as he was watching to see what was going to happen, you know, with the the play he had cooked up. So, but yeah, um, great defensive coordinator doing, he did a great job this game with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, we, but wait a minute now, we, we, we have to mention, you know, we had Odell, we talked about Odell on the Rams and how he was a difference maker, but we have Von Miller who was a Ram last year, but this time he was on the Buffalo Bills side. And boy, did he have a good time that night. He was dancing and, and and all over the place. He was excited. And I think it would be cool. He went to the Rams, got the ring. If the Buffalo Bills can contend in the AFC, A, um, FC, and depending on what the Chiefs do, Chargers, it's going to be a tough, you know, a tough division for them. But if he could get a ring with the Bills, as well that would be cool but he had a great night with four combined tackles and two of the sacks on Matthew Stafford his former quarterback so shout out to Von Miller for you know the night that he had and enjoying doing what he does (laughs) making sure that the Rams know you're gonna miss me but yeah I'm looking forward to seeing how Josh Allen does I know I put out something bold out there but eyes on him now he please don't let me down and like I said just seeing what's going to happen with the AFC um and all these these great teams out there and just to see who's going to make it to the top so let's talk about some of the other games that took place this past week in week one of the NFL let's start with let's start with Baker Baker Mayfield with his new team, the Carolina Panthers, took on his old team, the Browns, week of revenge, (laughs) okay? But Baker didn't get his. Browns um, took down the Panthers 26-24. to Painful loss, I'm sure, for Baker with it being, you know, so close and them having the opportunity to win this game but just didn't pull it off. You could tell by his face walking off that he was not happy about that, but that's what it is. We had the Saints and the Falcons facing off division rivals, but the Saints were able to pull it off. And boy, was that something. I didn't get to see the game, you know, myself, but just looking at the score, I thought, wow, the Falcons really going to take down the Saints this week, but Jameis didn't let that happen. They creeped back up and ended up taking over the game and winning 27 to 26. I know Atlanta is hot. Like, they really hot Atlanta after that game right there. Ravens faced the Jets. No problem for for Lamar Jackson winning 24 to the Jets 9. Jaguars and Washington Commanders. Man, I saw some of this game and... Commanders were able to pull off the win, but the Jaguars really had the opportunity to win this game. The reason they didn't was just because of missed opportunities. For example, Etienne had a pass. Had he had caught it, he would have been right in the end zone. He was right there. 
ball went straight through his hands. How frustrating was that? Um, I believe it also happened. Um, that same thing happened with another player. And can't remember if they had a missed field goal as well, but I did see where Etienne missed that pass and he could have walked in. And so that would have had the Jags, you know, winning. We had Green Bay and the Vikings. Ooh, Aaron Rodgers. Vikings just dominated the Viking. The Vikings dominated the Packers in this game, winning 23 to 7. You know, people are looking at Aaron Rodgers and asking, you know, with Devontae Adams leaving and going to the Raiders, was his, you know, his moves in the offseason and trying to decide what he's going to do or not do. Did that, did that affect Devontae Adams? And I'm sure it did, but I'm sure Devontae Adams just said he's thinking about what he wants to do. Let me do what I want to do. And as fans, we can be so selfish, but let these players live and make it, you know. This is their career, and they're not going to be doing this for 30, 40 years and just retiring. They have a short span until their body can't take it or until an injury happens that, you know, causes forces them out. So in this small amount of time, let them make the moves and have control of their career. They can have their goals and desires and things, you know, how they see things going, what they want to achieve. You know, we just want them to stay with our team no matter what's going on. But, you know, they're human beings first. But so if it's fine, what Devontae Adams to me did was fine. If And if. Rodgers wanted to do what he had to do to get what he wanted. He was doing what he had to do. So, to me, that's just how the cookie crumbled. But, you know, in this instance, the Packers crumbled. And as I said, Vikings taking over 23-7. And, woo, Justin Jefferson, what a game he had. Um, I believe he's trying to, you know, be the top receiver this season. So he's definitely on his way to the, you know, well, he's already at the top, but to be, you know, number one, you know, he up there. How about them Giants? New York. How about them Giants taking on the Titans with a surprise stunning stunner of a win? Um, Titans missed the game-winning field goal that they were trying to have. It didn't happen. And so the Giants were able to pull off this win 21 to 10. Now let the Giants fans celebrate. This is our first first um game one win since 2016. We've been in a drought. And so I'm not saying that we're going to the Super Bowl this year, but what I am saying is let us enjoy our wins, okay? We had the Chiefs and the Cardinals. Man, the, well, the Chiefs blew through the Cardinals. You know, like a tumbleweed or like a virus, stomach virus this past week. Killing the Cardinals 44 to 21. Let's talk about the Bucks and um, these the Cowboys. Tom Brady, 45 years old, oldest, you know, age for a start in the NFL. He did say after this game that, ooh, he's, ooh, this football is making a man want to reconsider. <laughs> In another way of saying it. But, yeah, he said he woke up and he was really feeling it. Can you imagine at 45 taking them, taking hits like that? You know, it's a lot on the 20 and 30 years old, 30 year old. So imagine 45. I can't imagine. And your body is not bouncing back as fast at 
all at all. But shout out to Tom Brady for doing his thing. I think um, this season will probably be his last, maybe in the next, but I'm thinking this year that it's going to be the real retire, the, the final, the final retire. Cowboys, man, it was a, actually it's a rough game for both. You know, it was really rough for the Cowboys, but it's not like the Bucks came out there and it was just great. Um, they pretty much built their score on just uh, built their score on field goals basically and the running game the Cowboys had a hard time defending against the run Cowboys struggled themselves with only three points in the game you know just the one field goal and we all know Dak ended up um hitting his thumb on Shaq Barrett's helmet and he had the surgery yesterday on his thumb now it's it was said that with that injury, he would miss six to eight weeks. But Jerry came out and said that, you know, it's a possibility that that could come back in four weeks based on, I'm not sure if they didn't have to put the pin in or something like that, but that that was a possibility. So they didn't put Dak on IR. So it doesn't look like they're going to try to go out and get Cam or anybody else to come in I think they're just really holding on tight to this four weeks and just hoping that, you know, Cooper Rush can make some magic happen. Is that a smart way to go? I'm not, I don't really think so, honestly, Jerry. But we'll just see how it plays out for them. I know that people are still giving them hope because they're in what people call the, you know, the NFC least. So they feel that that's a possibility. But like I said, we'll have to see how the decision-making plays out, you know. And then we also had the Broncos Seahawks. Like I said, it's been the week of revenge. You had Russell Wilson with his new team, the Broncos, taking on his former team, the Seahawks. And I just thought he was just going to light it up. And it just did not go that way. And just some bad decision-making. Seahawks was able to take the Broncos 17-16. to And the big question here is on fourth and five, why did we go for a 64-yard field goal? I mean... To me, that was just obvious. No, the wrong way to go. I would have rather have gone on fourth and five than trust the kicker to kick, you know, 64, 65 yards, no matter who it is. So, yeah, so that's questionable. Tough loss for Russell Wilson. I also was just disappointed in how, you know, him and Pete Carroll just had the quit pat. I'm not sure if words or anything were said, you know, after that. I hadn't heard, but it just seemed like their greeting was so dry. And you know that they were together for so long and there has to be some sort of relationship or bond. But, man, it was just dry. I think Pete Carroll said something along the lines of, oh, well, it was no big deal that Russell Wilson was going to be, you know, on the opponent side because he like you know he takes pleasure in winning against you know people that he knows so I was like man dang cold blooded so and then we got the Steelers and the Bengal game 
Now that was a crazy game. I just now I've been following Joe Burrow since he was at LSU, and I'm you know been following him into the NFL, and I just knew he was gonna go in and take care of business Sunday, and that's just not what happened. Um, I think we got you know a Joe that was rusty off his game. I think he just needed to experience this loss, so it will help him to get back on top of his game. So I don't think that we'll see this going forward with Joe Burrow, just one of those week one, you know, first game deals. But just putting this game in a nutshell, because it went into overtime, and the score does not tell the story of this game, okay? The Steelers did win 23-20, to but how did they get there? <laughs> I won't even sing it. How did the Steelers get there because of misses for the Bengals it was a game of misses for the Bengals yes the the Steelers missed a field field goal as well but the Bengals missed just too many multiple field goals and especially you know the opportunity to win the game with the field goal but how did what were all the things they missed first of all they missed the opportunity to challenge a touchdown, a possible touchdown by Jamar Chase. The ball and the clip, the tip of it seemed to go over the pylon and they never challenged it. Man, somebody, I mean, they only had one assignment was not on their job and watching upstairs in the booth or something because that should have been challenged and a possible seven points to where we wouldn't have had to go into overtime. What else did they miss? Um, like I said, multiple field goals. They missed that the opportunity to challenge that touchdown, possible touchdown. And they also missed running the clock down in overtime and allowing 15 seconds for the Steelers, which they were able to kick the field goal in 10, field goal in 10 seconds. So just a game that the Bengals should have had um you had turnovers with Joe like I said he was rusty but you know Steelers took advantage and were able was able to take this game so this is just a look at some of the games that took place this past weekend and so some great games some very entertaining some great comebacks some great revenge games we had a little bit of everything so hope you enjoyed the week one just as much as I did so on august 21st about three weeks ago my best friend died unexpectedly and i wasn't sure if i could do this segment but it was important to me that i did get it done as today is actually her birthday september 14th and how we, our first encounter was actually through sports. So I just thought it was just fitting to dedicate this to her. But how I met Aria, we were 14 or 15 years old and her family moved from Chicago to Kansas and her family ended up coming to the church where my parents and I were. And so we were in the same you know, age group and youth group. My mom ended up starting a small um, basketball league and me and Arya ended up on the same team. I know I was dribbling the ball down point guard and I remember she was to my right, if I remember correctly. 
and I don't remember the play. Maybe I tried to shoot or something like that. But she got mad and said, you know, why didn't I pass her the ball? And I was a ball hog. <laughs> so I guess she was trying to call me Russell Westbrook. Maybe that's why he's one of my, you know, favorite players, even though he's, you know, struggling. But hopefully he can have a great comeback this year. That's another story. But yeah and so my thought to her was like girl who are you and she has a nasty attitude like if you told me that was gonna be my best friend for life I would have told you couldn't be no way but the funny part is she turned out to be the best thing for me and the best friend for me um one of just those rare friendships you know life changed around us we went through the different stages of life lived in different cities you know most of the time she did end up in Dallas for a few years but other than that you know it was you know we saw each other when we could but our friendship stayed the same you know the unconditional love acceptance the encouragement the support everything you could ask for in a best friend that never changed even though things around us did We could always pick up where we left off. And so I'm going to really, you know, miss that and having that. But I just wanted to encourage you to enjoy the people around you, those that you love, enjoy, and have fun with, and those that, you know, love you, check on you, there for you, because loyalty is so hard to find these days. But make time. I was supposed to see her this summer, and I pushed it back because of another death I was having to deal with but I didn't make I in my I told her that I was postponing it and that you know I was planning to come in September and obviously I didn't get to see her before she ended up passing away so that's why I say just make time or let people know that you care or make things right with people that need to be made right because Once they're gone, you're just left with, you know, coulda, shoulda, would've. So just make the most of your life. You know, she was only 38. You never know what could happen. So just enjoy life, you know, and say what you need to say to people. You know, don't wait. Don't postpone things because you never know if the time will be there or not. But... I wanted to tell Arya that I love her. I thank you for our friendship. And thank you for listening as I share my best friend with you. I had to take this time and thank you specifically for taking time to listen to In the Zone with Tamika Nicole today. I really appreciate it. I especially appreciate those who support and encourage my love for sports and have asked me hey where's the podcast it's football season or you know where's the podcast what are you doing why is it not out why are you not recording anything so I truly appreciate those who have pushed me in that aspect as well if you have any show ideas any questions any topics you want to hear discussed eventually when we transition to YouTube I'll be able to have co-hosts and guests 
So if you're interested of in any of those things, just let me know. But you can hit me up at TamikaNicoleZone at gmail.com. Let me spell that out for you in case it gets confusing. It's T-A-M-I-K-A-N-I-C-O-L-E-Z-O-N-E at gmail.com. You can also find me on my social media sites under Tamika Nicole. Again, I thank you. I look forward to hearing from you and we'll be back again on Friday. So until then, have a great evening, great days, be safe, and I'll talk to you soon.